You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Yeah, great question. What will you do in 2022? Because again, after all, it is... 2022 now. So again, Happy New Year. Some of you probably aren't so sure you want another new year. Uh, After the last couple, you're thinking, maybe could I possibly get like a certified pre-owned year? (laughs) Not a new one, like a 2010 model, 2018 model. I know. (laughs) Unfortunately, when it comes to years, there are no used options. Only brand new ones, we get what we get, right? But again, especially if you're new here today or I haven't been in a while, welcome. So glad you're here. You heard we'll be starting that Abide series next week. What that means is for today, I actually want to do something a little bit different that I do here from time to time. Today is going to be then way less of a sermon and way more of me just sharing my heart and sharing some vision for the upcoming year here at Mosaic as we start this new year here in 2022. So think of this as way less of a sermon by the time we get to the end, okay, just a reminder, and way more of an extended exhortation. And I want to exhort you today, encourage you at length out of one verse, one verse today is from 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We'll start and end with it. And actually, because it's so short and only one verse, I'd like to ask you to read this out loud with me. All right, so read this out loud with me today. It should be here on the screen. Here we go, all together now. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen. And the reason I want to try to exhort you at length out of this one verse is simply to show you that this verse is and has been true of us here at Mosaic. And to get there, I'll begin like this. Because it is a new year and because it's now 2022, that means it has been almost two years since the world began to change and to twist and to turn in unexpected ways. Because while many of you have been working from home, and some of you hadn't been out in a while, you may have heard that not just our nation, but actually our city, the Austin area, has changed over the last two years. And so I started thinking about some of the ways that Austin itself has changed since March of 2020. Here are a few. Uh, First of all, there are a lot more food trucks in Austin than there used to be. Yeah, we are supposedly, at least we call ourselves now, the food truck capital of the world. Texans are good at nothing else, if not this kind of thing, right? There are more than 1,000 food trucks here in Austin, more opening all the time, and I think that's a good thing, right? But there are a lot more toll roads, too, with more going in all the time. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, yeah. There's now, there's now a brand new Major League Soccer team here now. Yeah, a new stadium, that's cool, and for this we give thanks, but property taxes keep going up too. That's not cool. Uh, And there's a lot more people here now in Austin, like a lot of you from the West Coast. Yeah. Few of you. So stuff changes. Things change. And one thing that has definitely changed in a way over the last two years in its own way has been this church, Mosaic Church. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about some of the amazing things that have happened here at Mosaic over the last roughly two years the opportunity that we now have in light of that. And then I want to ask you to do one thing for me before we're done. All right. So again, if this is your first time here or you haven't ever you know, been uh, here in a while, 
you could not have picked a better Sunday to be here because you're going to hear a lot of the heartbeat of what we think and behind why of what we do. So, uh, you know, when the pandemic really began, when it hit, we all remember this in March of 2020, we decided to close for in-person services and go online only for the next six months. And that wasn't fun at all. It was actually really, really hard because, as I've joked before, all of my personal and church nightmares came true on the same day. Number one, no one showed up. And number two, I was turned instantly into a televangelist overnight. But we went online and we figured that out thanks to a very great and incredibly talented group. And then we, we reopened roughly six months later in the fall of 2020. We're open through about Christmas of last year. Then we went online only from Christmas of 2020 to March of 2021. And we've been permanently open for in-person services as well as online ever since. And at first, when we reopened, it was just our main gathering, main room. But then, incrementally, we were able to reopen our children's ministry and student ministry and then do a whole bunch of events this last year, like our men's event. That was great. Come on, our singles event. Many of you were there for that. That was amazing. Our fall festival, that was a lot of fun. And today, while right now, yeah, we are at two in-person in services compared to the four we had in person every week before March of 2020, our congregation is still roughly the same size, maybe even a little bit larger because of our weekly online audience. And we're so glad all of you are here. And this, I want to tell you, is amazing. I read and research these things. But this is so amazing because especially right now in our moment in time, many churches have either shrunk dramatically or have had to close altogether. But we are where we are, thanks in large part to so many of you because you have come and you have served and you have believed and you have stayed and you have given because of you we have multiplied what we do in almost every way and many of our community groups for example while they were shut down for a while many of them are meeting back in person again and growing and growing and growing and my grass in my backyard is feeling that week in and week out and we've grown what we do in family ministry here at Mosaic with kids we've gone from obviously having zero kids kids when we we reopened to now more than 200 as of just last month in December of 2021. Uh, we, we had our first in-person M Kids ministry conference here. All new, brand new, original material. Thanks to so many of you who created that and led with that. And this year, because of that, we have more opportunity than ever to make a difference with kids at a time when they really, really need it. We've grown what we do with teens and student ministry. And if your teen isn't signed up for 40-hour Elevate, you should sign them up. It is one of the best things that we do with student ministry every year. And what I love, love, love about what we do with students, and it's not just, it's not the cool kids trying to be super cool with the other cool kids and be awesome and cool. No, it's real kids with real lives, connecting with God, having positive influences in their lives and learning they can be that same thing with their friends' lives as well. And not only that, we've multiplied what we're doing right here in the city outside our campus on Sundays. Uh, Because of you and the leadership of people in Mosaic Street Ministry, we're beginning to have a seat at the table with how the city is interacting and intersecting with the homeless community. And this is a really big deal. 
This past year also, we hosted a training event right here in this room with more than 100 new cadets for the Austin Police Department aimed at helping them do policing differently and do policing better. And we received a thank you commendation, first one ever from APD for that. We've restarted what we do in local schools. You may know that over the years, we've gone from just having a a small handful of mentors over at Live Oak Elementary down the road. Now we've grown into the Round Rock District Partner of the Year for many years with them. And now we've opened our, uh, our mentoring at Deer Park Middle School as well, gotten that up and going. And of course, in the aftermath of the winter storm, and some of you remember this, thanks to your generosity, we were able to give away $10,000 to teachers at Deer Park Middle School, and we ended up local NBC News for that. We received, because of that, another commendation from the Austin Disaster Relief Network because of all the people we housed, all the relief that we provided, and the lives we saved during the winter storm. We multiply what we do on the college campus. Our presence at the University of Texas has grown this past fall. We've had a number of college students and athletes there at the University of Texas come to faith in Christ and be baptized just this past fall. And just a couple of months ago, and many of you were here back in November, on our Live Big Sunday, through your generosity, our generosity, we raised more than $80,000 in one day to give away to Mission Possible over in East Austin. They worked to break the cycle of intergenerational poverty, one life and one family at a time. And through our Live Big initiative over the last few years, we've given away more than $300,000 in the local nonprofits, places like Starry here, uh, the Settlement Home, Refugee Services of Texas, the Breath of Life Ministries, which works with at-risk pregnancies and mothers, Jail to Jobs, Casa Marianella. These are places that are not connected to us, oh, but they know about us now. And most importantly, they know about the church of Jesus in the city. And they, I hope, they have come to experience just a little bit more of what we mean when we say that we believe the city is better when the church of Jesus Christ is there. And this past year in 2021, again, we gave away here at Mosaic more than 20% of our income. That's an amazing statistic. Some of you are staring at me because you don't know what the the global picture. The average church in the U.S. gives 4% of their income away. 4%. But here we gave away 22%. Just check this morning. 22% of our income to ministries, charities, nonprofits, 501c3s, missions all over the world. We don't want to be average and I don't think you want to be a part of something that's average. What we're doing with singles is growing. What we're doing with counseling ministry is growing. What we do with helping people out of hurts, habits, and hangups through Celebrate Recovery is growing. We're impacting the globe in increasing ways, not only through our connection with every nation, you'll hear about that in the weeks to come in in increasing ways, but also through our short-term ministry teams and trips. And we're excited to have some trips back on the calendar in 2022. But as always, we'll see how that goes. All of this has happened, again, because of you and how you have been here and how you have served and how you have given and because of all you have done right now as we stand out on the precipice of 2022. Because we have become all of this and more, we come to a moment, again, where we have more opportunity than ever before to impact our city. So, so dream a little bit with me here. Well, I ask you to do, and then I ask you to do, not just one thing for me, but actually one thing for someone else that might just change their lives. 
But let's dream a little bit first. I dream of a world where the church matters in the conversation that the city has when it thinks about solutions to problems, where where churches aren't just relegated to the the sidelines, but asked to help and asked to serve and asked to contribute because, and here's the key, they have already served, and they have already given, and they have already contributed, and they have proven that they are not in the city just for themselves, not just to siphon people off and grow their own kingdom. Oh, but they're in the city for the city. And so when people hear as a result of that, that a new church is coming to an area near them, now they're excited because they know that the starting of a new church means that the city gets better, and a little more light comes in, and a little more darkness goes out. I dream of a world where the people who come here at Mosaic are blown away, not at how much we critique each other, but by how much we love and care for one another. And in a culture where, and I know you feel this, where people are increasingly polarized and they want to fight over every little word that you say and that you don't say, we just drop all that and we forget all that and we just focus on becoming the one thing that Jesus said would really demonstrate that we are his people. He said the world, the city of Austin would know that we are his people when we love one another. And I dream of a world in which every person who comes in here knows that while they may not have it all together, that they matter to God. And every person who comes here knows that even if they don't love God, that God loves them. And that, I want to tell you, that that kind of thinking, that is what captured the imagination of the first century church. That's what turned the the Roman Empire upside down. It was Christians loving non-Christians, Christians loving unwanted babies, Christians loving the sick and the dying, Christians loving the ones who were executing them because they weren't hungry for power, but they just wanted the opportunity to influence and love and serve the world for their Savior. See, they died for others because they saw someone die for them. I dream of a church where disciples are made, leaders are developed, churches are planted, and I dream of a church where the gospel is so beloved that it would ring in our hearts so loudly, it would transcend all our differences and not just pull us together, but keep us together. And this year, in 2022, there is going to be, and maybe you've heard about it, there is going to be yet another blessed election cycle in these United States. And there are going to be things said by someone else. They're going to make you want to be with people who look just like you and who vote just like you. Other churches, I'm just telling you right now, are not going to experience some of the tensions that we might experience right here. There are going to be things that other people you may know here that will write on social media. You'll read those things. And by the way, in case you didn't know this, I can't actually control what someone writes online. I can't control what you write. Sometimes I wish I could. <laughs> but there are going to be reports in the news. There are going to be things said in debates. There are going to be said things by your friends and your family that are going to make you want to be with people just like you, just like your ethnic background, just like your age, just like your marital status or, or, or generational uh, strata in life. But I dream of a better world, a world where we don't go our separate ways, not because your friends don't have have a point, not because your family doesn't have a point, not because the news or the podcast or the that you know person on TV doesn't have a point. Anyone, come on, with a microphone or a camera or a computer, yeah. 
can be a cynic or a critic and make a point. It takes little to nothing to critique. It takes far more blood, sweat, and tears to create and to construct. And not just to make a point, but to make a difference. Oh, but I dream of a world where we're not only kept together, but we grow through it. And the reason I can dream about that is because it has happened here before. Over the past few years, yes, there have been people, and I understand it, who didn't share our dream, this dream, and they... Like Orpah in the story of Ruth, they turned back when the road to a multi-ethnic, multi-generational future and relationship was too hard to walk. In that story, Orpah, oh, she looked at that future. She assessed that road to walk and she turned back. But Ruth embraced the pain. Ruth embraced the future. She didn't look at what she was just losing, but what she could gain. And what she gained most of all was a relationship with the one true God. And she found salvation through that choice and her choice and her multi-generational, multi-ethnic friendship literally saved the world. But even though, yeah, some walked away from here and I get that, many more have joined and many more have come. And do you know why? Here's why. It's because they saw you stand. They saw you stay. They saw you believe in something that was more powerful than family blood or ethnic blood. And that was the blood of Jesus. And because you came and you stayed and you served and you've given and you believed, more and more people now believe that Jesus is the one hope for all the world. They saw something, in other words, with their eyes that they could not hear with their ears alone and it changed them. Before they ever saw Jesus, they saw you. And they saw an us. In short, I dream of being what the Apostle Paul calls us. One new humanity. And I think, I think if we could do that, if we could lean that direction more and more, we could not only make the church of Jesus a better place, but the city and the world a better place. So I want you to know that I am more excited than ever. Hope you hear that. I'm more energized than ever to live that out and go after all of that. Oh, but here is the thing. Here's the thing. You're busy. Uh, You're busy. You hear this and you think, good luck with all that. (laughs) Because you're a busy person. You're busy at your work trying to make some money. You're busy raising kids or you're busy dating someone or you're busy trying to find someone to date or maybe you're busy with your grandkids or you're busy flying out to see your grandkids because they're scattered all over the country and you're trying to convince them to move here from California. So I want to give you then one thing to do and one thing that I hope will inspire you to do that I think that not only that all of us must do but we get to do together as followers of Jesus. And this one thing is the thing that a number of you, so many of you have done for a number of years, but I like to remind us all of this every once in a while because this one thing is actually not just a thing, it's a habit. It's a habit that many of you have embraced and if you haven't embraced it yet, I hope to inspire you to embrace it today. Because this one habit is the kind of habit that's called a keystone habit. Maybe some of you know what a keystone habit is. A keystone habit is something that you do that affects everything else in your world for the better. For example, one keystone habit, and some of you know this, is just writing down what you eat, which may be like the least, the thing you want to do the least after the last two weeks. I get that. But the point is when you write down what you eat, here's what follows. Now you take more notice 
of what goes in your mouth. And when you take more notice of what goes in your mouth, you eat better, which means you feel better, which means you have more energy and you exercise more, which means you sleep better, which means you have more energy for and do better at work and in your relationships. See, just doing one thing, one simple thing affects everything. It's a keystone habit. And just like people, churches have keystone habits. And so many of you have done this one that over the years we have grown to become what we've become without ever having to put a flyer in the mail or an ad on TV or the radio. All that is good and we might do that one day, but we just haven't had to because so many of you have done this. This habit I'll call invest and invite. Invest and invite. You invest and you invite. That's what I'm asking you to do today. Here's why. You invest in people. Why? Because you love them and you invite them to church because you love them. You invest in your friends. Uh, you love them. You connect them. You, you give to them. You invite them over for dinner or maybe you have dinner sent to them. All right, just saying sometimes, right? You invite them to church here in person or online, not because they're projects, but because they're people. And if people matter to God, they matter to you. And they matter to me and us. And you invite them here for the same reason, even better though, that you would invite them to go to like a movie you liked or a restaurant you loved, except if you're a Christian, you're inviting them for a reason and for something that you've said is far more important to you. It's Jesus. You invite them because you don't want them to miss out. Because when you come here and you see all these people here, and maybe you experience something that you've experienced, why would you not want to invite them to something that maybe might could change their lives? Aren't you glad someone invited you? Now, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Of course you are. I hope you are. And listen, more than that, I'm glad someone invited you here with us with me. So I'm going to ask you to do just that, to invest and to invite. And to do that, I want you to, I'm going to help you here. I want you to listen for something, okay? And then say something. Listen for something and then say something. Here's what you can listen for. And I share these from time to time, every few years. But these are called the three little knots. You heard of the three little pigs? This is way better. Three little knots, okay? And here's why we're doing this. It's because a few years ago, Carrie and I found, it's my wife Carrie, we found that whenever we met somebody new and we were considering them and inviting them, we would always go through like this mental gymnastics checklist before we ever invited them to church. What are we doing this Sunday? What am I preaching about? You know, like, what's the music going to be like? What are the songs? What's the series? What time of year it is? And besides all that, it's just super weird when you are who I am and you invite someone here because it's kind of like, hey, come to church, come hear me talk and then tell me afterward if you liked it or not. Okay, it just gets real weird. So we would always just talk ourselves out of inviting anyone and we would miss so many opportunities. So we just said, who cares? Who cares? We're just going to invite people because here is what I have come to know. And I hope to convince you of this. That God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, touches people's lives here every single week, no matter who's speaking or who is preaching. And I have lost, literally lost count of the times someone has come up to me afterward and said, quote, I really love that thing you said when you said such and such. <laughs> I'll think... I never actually said that today. I can prove it, as a matter of fact. I got a recording of it, you know. I've never said those words in my life. This literally happened again of just a few weeks ago. The point is, and this is good news for you, God is working despite me. 
despite me. You can have confidence of that. You get the point, okay? So just to help us all get past like the calculus level mental gymnastics or it's the perfect Sunday to invite someone, let's just look at these three little knots and then I'm gonna give you a little script to help you with them, okay? Here are the three little knots. First, they're not in church, not doing well, are not prepared for. Not in church, not doing well, not prepared for. Because when, not if, but when you meet someone, whether again, it's a grocery store, or the gym, or school, or sports team, or whatever, and they say, I'm new to the area, or I'm not in a church for whatever reason, that's your first not. Or if they say, I'm not doing well. Like my marriage is really struggling. My kids are really struggling. My job is not not going well. I'm not doing well. That's your second little knot. Or if you hear the third, I'm not prepared for something. Life, to get married. That's the third knot. And so if you hear any of these, again, you don't have to have a checklist. It's just a trigger for you. I'm going to invite them to church. So I did this again just, uh, just this year with yet another parent for one of our kids' sports teams. We were talking. He finds out what I do here. I find out he's not doing well in life in a way. And he wasn't a part of any church. So I invited him. And you know what he said back to me? Here's what he said. He said, I can't believe you would ask me that, you stupid, insensitive Christian. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. No, he said, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm so glad. And he came and he came back. People don't talk to you like that. Come on, right? Listen, once you, once you invite them and they likely say yes, let me give you just one simple line you can use. Just use this. You can say, and you can just sit with me. Let's practice that. And you can just sit with me. Or you can just sit with us if you're coming with someone else. And again, if you're coming from Southern California, like a lot of you are, you can just say, you can like totally sit with me. All right. It's not fair. All right. I know. Not come when you want or just check it out whenever. No, no, no. So you should come to my church this Sunday and you can totally sit with me. Or if you're online only, just say, hey, you can totally watch anytime with me. I'm going to watch at 9 a.m. Let's watch together. Or what at 11 o'clock. Why should I come, they ask. Why should I watch, they may ask. Well, what you're not going to say in response is, it's because I heard one of the three little knots Pastor Morgan was talking about. Even though you totally did hear one. No, you just say, it's because life is complicated. Why should I come? Life's complicated. Life's complicated, and we want to help you get it right. So let's, let's practice that. You can just say that to him. Why should I come? Because well, life is complicated. We want to help you get it right. Remember the, remember the little line? There's an app for that. <laughs> well, there's, there's a church for that in a lot of ways. You're single? I get it. It's complicated. It's complicated. We want to help you get it right. You're married. Whoo, complicated. Want to help you get it right. You're married with kids. Whoo, super complicated. We want to help you get it right. Work is complicated. Yeah. Want to help you get it right. You got questions about your faith. Maybe your friends do. Yeah, it's complicated. We want to help you get it right. So come on. You can just sit with me with us. And here's why. Here's why. Here's why this habit is so important, why it's a keystone habit. This habit, if you'll do this, hear me, this will help keep the church from becoming the one thing that can really kill it. It'll keep the church from turning inward. Because from the moment I got here about a decade ago and I was warned this would happen, and you know this happens because it happens with your own heart, this church, like our lives, if we don't guard against it, this can all become just about us, just about me, just about you or your family or people just like you, what you are getting out of it or what you are not getting out of it. And I understand up to a point, all those things are important, but... 
if you will just trust me here, if you will invite someone to come and sit with you and they do, you'll look at everything differently. You'll hear the music differently, right? You'll actually pray for me for the first time in your life. Like, Lord, please, God, help him with a message and just say something. Don't be stupid, right? You'll look at the kids' stuff differently, the parking, the communication, because it's not about you. And if it ever becomes that, the church has begun to die and we have lost the plot. And if you will invest and invite, you will keep this church the kind of church that you and I want it to be, which I think it is, mostly because we talk about stuff like this from time to time, okay? So invest and invite, because life is complicated. We want to help you get it right. And I want everyone who comes, actually, to meet you, meet you. But most of all, I want everyone who comes to meet Jesus, because he's the hope of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the prince of peace. He's our rescuer, our savior, our redeemer. He is worthy in coming out of your kingdom and into his great kingdom and story makes your life better, way more worth living. And not to say that you won't have problems or challenges or obstacles, but Jesus can even touch those and transform those and make those better as well. The week before uh, Christmas, uh, our family took a little trip to New Mexico, to the mountains, and we packed up all four kids and a bunch of stuff, and we drove out there, and it was cold. We were hoping for snow, but we got none. Uh, but we did have a good time together until, until, yeah, famous word there, until our last night there, because we had planned on going into this little mountain town and walking around the little shops and getting some gifts and seeing some lights and then going out to eat on our last night together. We've been making our meals so far in this little condo we had rented, but we wanted to make the last night special, except as we found out, most of the stuff in that town closed <laughs> so, so early. Most of the shops closed at five. Most of the restaurants closed right after that. Where do people eat? We don't know. So after we walked around for a while and it started getting dark and the shops had closed, we picked a place to eat on good old TripAdvisor and we walked there only to find out when we got there, it closed hours early that day, that day only because of a Christmas party. But not to be deterred, because I'm a good dad, I whipped out my smartphone, looked up another place to eat. It looked great because, you know, it's kind of hard to find a place to eat for six people, when four of them are teenagers. And it's like in that moment, it is the greatest act of leadership you could ever bring about, is to get four teenagers to agree where to eat. But that place looked great, except it was closed already too. It's not a good sign. Not a lot of options in a town that small, but we kept going. So we walked down the road a bit, found a pizza place that was open. But when we got there, we found that while you could order outside, it was closed for business on the inside. And we didn't want to stand in line in the cold outside to order and then stand outside to eat in the cold. So we decided to forge ahead and find yet another place on the map. And we did. We walked about a mile down the road to find this place in the cold, in the dark, and those of us in our little company under the age of 18 may or may not have finally believed mom and dad had a reason when we advised them to dress more warmly because the weeping and the gnashing and the chattering of teeth had begun. But we made it to the diner and it was open like out of a Norman Rockwell painting, the light glowing through. 
We saw there were only four, four tables being served in the whole establishment. Our hungry stomachs were going to be full, right? Only to find out you either needed a reservation or you had to wait an hour and a half to get a table. And at this point, morale was completely crushed, completely broken. And tempers, yes, they may have flared in our little company. And we waved the white flag and we walked a mile back in the cold and the dark to the pizza place. And dad and one kid got the pizza and mom and the other three kids got the car. The good news well, the good news was, actually, the pizza was amazing. It was good. The bad news, we were all super grumpy and a lot worse for wear after all of that. But because we were steadfast, <laughs> immovable, and we didn't quit, we had a great dinner and now a little bit of a story to tell after all. All right. Now, all of that, church, in front, all of that right there, I think, that is a picture and a parable of the last two years in our nation. It's been one thing after another. We as a people, we as a spiritual family have just been trying to go somewhere and get somewhere and love one another together. But thing after thing keeps happening and getting in our way. And at some point, it has gotten tiring. It has gotten frustrating. It has become exhausting. And yeah, tempers may have flared along the way. And so yeah, while you may feel grumpy about what's happened in your life, in this nation, in this church, maybe even over over the last couple of years, and that is the bad news. The good news is this. Like that unexpectedly great meal my family had because we just didn't quit. God Almighty has not only provided, and I've tried to show you this at length today, God has not only provided for this family, he's provided some unexpectedly amazing things for this family over the last two years as you and I and we have been steadfast and immovable and we just didn't quit. And again, I've tried to show you that today. And I believe if we'll continue to be that, if we'll invest and invite, we will continue to abound in the work of the Lord. So Mosaic, I want to thank you. Thank you especially for the last two years. As incredible as they've been, it's been hard but amazing. And I am excited for what is ahead in 2022. And I'm glad you're here with me. So again, let me close with this one verse and again exhort you. Therefore, in light of all you just heard today, friends, online in the room, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your work your labor is not in vain. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.